Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 134. The Jeff Fisher wearing a Peyton Manning jersey of Sodes. Mm. I think we all remember where we were on that one, right? Why did Jeff do that? That was a joke. He Why, could Jeff? Jeff, that was, yeah, that's something that you don't do at like a benefit auction. But you know what? This was like, this was kind of early on, not early on in the internet days, but like early on in like things going viral, early on in like the social media days, I guess I would say. Well, it was early on in like, NFL fans in general not taking Jeff Fisher seriously. I think yeah, that had yeah. a lot to do with it. He was still he was still a pretty a fairly respectful coach at the time, and then, but then, but then, yeah, and then he did, and then he did that at, at a charity event, and I think I don't think he expected it. Obviously, I don't think he expected it to get out, and then it did, and wasn't a great look. But you know what? <laughs> That's the Jeff Fisher in Colts days. It's a perfect episode because it's Colts hate week. We're here and Mm -hmm. things have changed a lot from when Jeff Fisher used to get in those teams used to get trounced by Peyton Manning's Colts versus now where the Titans have the upper hand in recent years against the Colts. I also love the, just the photo of, and I think you guys can all without even like seeing it, I think you can all, picture it in your head just the arched back of jeff fisher in it like he's like you know like he's like doing like a superhero dive into a swimming pool or something you know just with both arms behind him like the titanic. just arched yeah 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 very very titanic uh I, i'm flying jack i'm flying <laughs> um which honestly now that i just realized your name is jack we you and i should recreate that scene and then <laughs> like yeah kind of like a little little mermaid jumping out of the ocean type arch to his back. Just really funny. That adds to the comedy of the entire thing. Um, doesn't make up for it, but it just adds to the humor of it. And I love Jeff Fisher. We need to get him. Jeff Fisher needs to be on this podcast. We, that needs to be I've, I've tried a once. white whale. I've tried once. He's hard to get a hold of, but I can keep trying. Yeah, don't don't worry. We we will we will do everything we can in our power to make the Jeff Fisher sewed happen. Um, if you'd like to submit a sewed title for next week, tweet it at us with something obscure about the Titans, and we'll name the sewed that and give you credit at Titan Up Pod. Just tweet us something, whatever comes to your mind about the Titans, as you know, as long as it makes sense, make it funny, and you'll we will name a future sewed after your tweet. This week we got Sam Phelan back on the pod. Got to get him on because uh, while the socks are still. At least the season is still going on because it's going to end next week. But also to talk Titans, going to get some uh, good stuff with him. 
my man's covering the Titans like a freaking boss for A to Z sports. And if you're not already following him, you need to do so at Sam Phelan on Twitter. And then, of course, Jack and I are going to react to the Raiders game. It's Colts hate week, as Jack said. And we I'm going to try and give a little bit of perspective as to the current state of the Titans, you know, maybe a little state of the union address uh, of where the Titans stand, because I feel like we're all over the place as a fan base. Some people are happy after the win. Some people still think the sky is falling. I'm going to kind of address everyone in that. And um, and then uh, and then, of course, we'll end with remember the Titan. But before we get to all of that, let's first get a word from relax the back. Relax the back. You know what? I've got a back issue going on right now. I think I pulled something on the right side of my back. So I'm going to go over to relax the back here this week over in Green Hills and see what Glenn Word can help me out with. Because over at relax the back, they've got a variety of chairs. They've got recliners. They've got zero gravity chairs. Perfect for around the house, but also great in your office. If you're sitting up at work, you're on your computer, you're hunched over, you know, you, you have posture issues. These things will keep you right. They'll get you straight up. They won't compromise your comfortability. And they'll have you feeling right when you get home after work. When you get home after work, I, I know that everybody's tired and sleep's very important. It's hard to get on a schedule, especially when you're getting junked up sleep. Well, at, at Relax the Back, they've got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic. These are new technologies that they incorporate in pillows and mattresses to help maximize your sleep. They keep these pillows so cool overnight, and it feels like you're laying on a cloud for eight hours. Really, you get eight hours of sleep on a Tempur-Pedic or, temp or Technogel mattress, and it feels like you got 10 on a normal one. So go check them out at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across from the road uh, from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. It's in that shopping center right next to Hillsborough High School, which they've touched up in recent years, Austin. Um, so go check them out. If you're, if you're not in the Nashville area, you can still find them online. They'll be able to get that item out to you in a, in a very quick manner. Their website is stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. Start feeling better today. And when you go in and you see Glenn, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. With that said, let's talk Titan. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is September 28th, 2022, and Jack, 15-2 and two is still in play. Finally got a prediction right. It only took us three weeks. It only took us three weeks, but you know what? You know, every everything's slow. Uh, to me, look, to me, the Tennessee Titans are, are similar in the sense of their bell cow running back. Derek Lamar Henry Jr., where we all know it takes a little bit to get him going. And then, you know, once you get him going, they're hard to stop. But, you know, that's the way that's the way the Titans are. It's slow churn. And then once you get them full speed, you know, they get going. And and keep in mind, and, and this also goes to speak to Derek Henry, because I know he's had a little bit of a slow start to the season. Looked a lot better on Sunday. Looked really good on Sunday. But to me, anyone who's ever taken a train knows. Trains sometimes get delayed, Jack. That's and a good point. He, yeah. <laughs> here, here in Chicago, we refer to trains as the L. Okay. But this train I'm talking about with the Titans, it's called the W. All right. And it 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 was a little bit delayed, but it finally came. It picked us up, and now we're all aboard the Titans train. 
okay? And it's going chew, mother truck, and chew, okay? And it's going right down the track, and it's it, it's going to take a bit to get up to full ste- full speed, okay? It it looked it looked fast out of the gate on Sunday. Slow down a little bit, but it will get up to full speed. I guarantee you that. Kind of like what I was saying last week, Jack. Everything will even itself out. The sky was not exactly falling. Things will even itself out in the NFL. Titans were better than an 0-2 start to the season. They're just a better team than that. And they will, it will even itself out. And it started to do so on Sunday. Isn't it crazy that the Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the league right now? And they're like a that could have been us. That could have been us. Oh, it easily could have. And by the way, Austin, I predicted eight game winning Randy Bullock field goals in the first 10, 10 games of the season. I don't know if we're going to count this, but he did hit a field goal with four seconds left in the second half to go up 24-10. The Titans wouldn't score from, from that point forward, but it was enough to beat the Raiders. Are we counting that? That counts. That counts. Yeah. So we are. So he does have to hit a game-winning field goal for the next seven games for our prediction to stand. Um, See, if that kick goes I, down in the fourth quarter instead of the second quarter, I think Randy Bullock's getting a lot of love. It was a 48-yarder. He was struggling from mm-hmm. the distance. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you're right. And you're right. This the the train, it did take a little while to get going. It's still not exactly running full speed. And there's definitely a guy on the train we need to kick off in Terrence Mitchell, number 39, the quarter the, the cornerback that was getting burnt man. by Mac Hollins every, on the damn game. Every you you know that old tweet where it's like every day on the internet there's a main character and you do not want to be it. Mm-hmm. And it and it's just it's true. It's like every day there's someone on Twitter that's getting canceled or getting retweeted for all the wrong reasons. Getting everybody's ratio. hammering this guy I have, uh, just for one day. There's one the, person the, per day. I want to take that tweet and use it just for the Tennessee Titans. Every day there's a new main character for the Tennessee <laughs> Titans, and you do not want to be it. You know, the first week it's Todd Downing. It's uh, second, yes, yes, yes. Um, it, it was. This week, it's Terrence Mitchell. Like, I'm just saying, like, Titans, even in a win, that's after a win, keep in mind. Now, look, I know, I know we're holding on for dear life at the end, but after a win, people are still coming for people's, like, Titans Twitter still going for for guys' heads. No one is safe. Be careful out there in those streets. It is, Titans fans will, they need a scapegoat. They need someone to blame. Even after wins, they need someone to blame. And Terrence Mitchell caught the caught the caught the shrapnel this week, caught the strays, and he is um I wouldn't even call them strays because they were directly aimed. It was literally like red laser dots, you know, like <laughs> we had sharpshooters on the on the ceiling, and they were just they were just ready to, to aim and fire at Terrence Mitchell right after that game. Uh thoughts and prayers to him. But um I mean, at least it's better. At least it's better to be in the game and getting torched than to be on the sidelines like Caleb Farley, right? That's so disappointing that the coaching staff thinks that way about Farley. It's he played it's, one snap, dude. One snap. one snap, and Terrence Mitchell was getting blazed out there. I, yeah. I mean, it it was ugly, and it's it's frustrating because you know John Robinson's had so many hits, and I actually. I was at a dinner with our friend Luke Worsham last night, and we were talking about the Titans. And uh, we, Luke Worsham, we, we Luke, Worsham. Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham. Yeah, I'm surprised you actually got a conversation about the Titans in without. I, I would have just assumed you would have been saying his name the whole time. Was yeah. he doing most of the talking? I no, assume? no, but everyone around us was chanting Luke Worsham the entire day. <laughs> um, but, but no. So we were talking about John Robinson. I thought he made a good point. He was like, "Long gone are the days where." 
Titans fans are, you know, you know, saying in J Rob, we trust J Rob can do no wrong because it's, it's really been in these last few drafts where you see it with Caleb Farley, you see it with Dylan Ragens, you, you saw it with Isaiah Wilson. These big misses are really hurting the, this team's ability to sustain success for a long period of time. And I know they've won, they've had winning seasons six years in a row, but it just feels like these wins are a lot more difficult to come by this season. And it's still early. And a lot of, there's a lot yeah. of new pieces that need to be worked in, but I mean, Titans fans at halftime were on top of the world at the end of the game. The mindset was really that the Titans had lost that football game. I mean, it felt like they just survived like a, a, a three year battle. And, and it sucks because of how well the first half went. It's, it's the same story, just a different week. We saw it in week one against the Giants. The Titans get out to a 13-0 lead at halftime. They score seven points in the second half. The Giants come back and win on a two-point conversion. What happened this week? 14-point lead at halftime. It's 24-10. The Titans don't score in the second half and win the game on a two-point conversion. So it's a flip of the coin. The Titans could be 2-1 and one just as easily as they could be 0-3. Yeah. What needs to get fixed I- is the adjustments at halftime. Yes. Yes. You're, you're not wrong. And I, yeah, you're right. I do feel like it was the, it was the way the game ended, which what left a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths, which I do want to address here in a little bit. Um, I now in, you know, in comparison teams like Kansas city chiefs, they scored three points in the second half against the oh, Indianapolis man. Colts. They, they have a much no. more, they have a much more dynamic offense than the Tennessee Titans probably will ever have. Um, but but like it just goes to say, it it happens. Get, like halves like that happen for Chargers. all teams. The Chargers got yeah. dominated by the Jaguars this weekend. You're right. You're right. So so it halves like that sometimes happen. They're literally you're only playing 30 minutes of football in a second half, and half of that the ball is in the other team's hands. <laughs> so your offense is only on the field for small minutes uh, of a, an entire second half. So. It's good to like just keep things in perspective when it comes to not scoring in the second half. But I agree, I agree with everything you said. There, you know, it's starting to create a trend, and there is there does need to be um, a look into what are we doing to make adjustments in the second half. What are we doing? And now, granted, some of that was just again, it was execution. Traylon Burks drop ball on fourth and seven. Exactly. That's like, like if he catches that ball and the Titans go on to score that drive, I think it's a totally different conversation today. For sure. For sure. Exactly. So it's, you know, it, again, it is, it's not necessarily all in the, in the, in the adjustments at halftime, but it does seem to be at halftime. This, this lead, this team doesn't necessarily play great with a lead because I don't know if they get, content or complacent or whatever it is, but they did play better with a lead this week. Um, I do got to give them them credit there. A few few things I want to point out that need to be said. Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback, dude. I, I know he he did have his one brain fart of the week. That We don't see like Tannehill's interceptions, tip balls, I mean, double coverage, whatever it may be. I mean, he doesn't just like hand the defense the football like he did on that <laughs> interception. That was really bad. That was a bad, that was a bad pick, but every other snap, it felt like, um, like there weren't, there weren't a lot of failed drives because of Ryan Tannehill. 
Um, he was, and, and what he was really impressed me with on Sunday more than any game we've seen him in thus far this season, how good he was under pressure with guys in his face. And we, we've read that stat on, on this podcast before about how his quarterback rating under pressure and in the pocket is, is much higher than almost every guy in the NFL. I, he, there was one, oh gosh, I I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on it now, but there was a throw he made with where literally the pocket was collapsing on top of him. And I think he ended up on the ground on the play where it was just a dart to, um, it's either Jeff Swaim or Traylon Burks. Like it was someone and it was deep. It was a deep throw, got the first down on a third and long. And I just, I like kudos to Ryan Tannehill. I just, I feel like it needs to be said after the horrendous off season that he had. Yeah. It, Am I fair in saying that? I, I think you're right. He you don't want to go that. You don't want to no, go there because no, you, no, you, you want him to get hit by a bus. No, no, I thought he looked in command, right? I, I thought he looked comfortable. And that's saying something because no quarterback playing behind this Titans offensive line should be comfortable. Um, we'll talk right, about another right, quarterback right. that's often uncomfortable here later on when we talk about this week's matchup. But it's you're right. I thought Tannehill looked better. The offense looked better. Todd Downing looked better. But then in the second half, looked like he has been. It's what I'm frustrated with is the second halves, right? This, you go into halftime, that's where coaching shows up. Who makes the adjustments at halftime? The Titans need to adjust their adjustments. The Titans are being outscored in the second half this season 57 to 7. That's 50 points in the second half. You got to be able to score yeah. in the second half to close out these games. It, it's they, they were lucky this week, but they also built themselves a big enough cushion in the first half to give them some room. But it, the end of that game was frustrating because the Titans were the better team that day. You could tell the Titans were the better team. There was just one player on the Titans team that was killing the entire defense. And that was Terrence Mitchell giving up 150 damn yards to Mac Hollins of all people. So that, Look, uh, yeah, that was I, was, I was really worried. Titans fans were going to give this, game the mac collins game like we're going to refer to it as the mac collins game and if the raiders would have won we probably would have but they didn't luckily but i was very nervous like as i'm watching this game i'm like oh damn we're watching one of those games where we will always remember where we were for the mac collins game <laughs> that would have been burned into my brain and i would always have a disdain for mac collins had that had they succeeded in that two-point conversion but this was kind of a culture game this week i felt like You've got the Raiders coming in after a terrible blown lead against the Cardinals last week. The Titans are playing on a short week, losing 41-7 to to Buffalo on Monday night football. But mm -hmm. it, it was about which team was – which culture was ready to stand up and get off the mat and, and throw a punch. The Titans did that. that. That's I think that's something that you have to look at Mike Vrabel and say, wow, you know what, this is kind of the team he's built. This team's built to do these type of things. Underdog at home. They come through and get the win. It's I found this stat the other day. I was looking. I tweeted it out for those who follow me at Jack A Gentry. Shameless plug. Vrabel since Vrabel arrived, the Titans are twenty-one and eleven in games decided by one score. They know how to squeak out these wins. They know how to win late. They know how to put teams away or come back and win. Ryan Tannehill, thirteen game-winning drives in Tennessee. Yeah, he had, yeah. He, had he had the same amount of game-winning drives in Miami and. 40 more games. So it's definitely something in the water here in this locker room with Mike Vrabel and everybody. And John Robinson, I know I just ragged on him, but he's helped build this thing too. It, it was a battle of two cultures. McDaniels, who ran away from Vrabel, didn't take that Colts job a couple of years ago. 
Now he has to face the music, and you saw what ended up happening. It's it, it, another crazy stat. Ryan Tannehill versus the Raiders, 5-0. and Average rating. No, and, he, and he's so good. Like, Yeah, 119. And that actually went down on yes. Sunday. He had like a, I think he had like a 92 rating on Sunday. He dominates yeah. the Raiders. I want to see the Raiders in the playoffs. I, I, I don't uh, think it'll happen because only six teams since 1979 have made the playoffs after starting 0-3. But Tannehill is their daddy. Plain and simple. The AFC AFC South, the the team that took it took it took three weeks into the season for them to find their second win collectively as an entire <laughs> division. The AFC South somehow went three and zero against the NFL's best division, quote unquote, the AFC West, three and zero, where the media darlings all offseason we heard about how great the AFC West is. The AFC South just went in and like punched them in the mouth. Look, it just means more, I guess. It just <laughs> means more. And they didn't even play the Broncos, who were probably struggling more than the Raiders, despite their two and one record. They've looked honestly. Awful. I wish the Texans were playing the Broncos this week because I the Texans would have won. The Texans would have would have pulled that out to make it a, a clean sweep of the division. But well, they, there's they, still they, plenty they more games the, against. Didn't they lose to the Broncos this season already? Uh, they might have, <laughs> they might have. uh, yeah, yeah, actually you're probably right. Um, yeah, they uh, lost, uh, they, they lost last week to the Broncos. Okay. Well, they would have played this week nine, though. It, it wasn't a blowout or anything. I mean, the Texans hung in. There. Yeah. And that's what Davis mills at quarterback and Russell Wilson. Let's ride. Uh, Jack, I, um, oh, I, I do before I, I, I start, uh, I go on my little diatribe. I, I do want to say RIP in peace to Taylor Lewan. I think we've seen Taylor Lewan's last snap as a Tennessee Titan. $15 million cap hit next year. You get, if you cut ties with him, he costs you nothing. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense financially to bring him back. It sucks because he is a, a cornerstone to this Titans team. He's everything that Mike Vrabel wanted to build. Um, when, when he arrived in Tennessee and Taylor Lewan helped do that. It sucks that he can't go out on his own terms. I, I feel, I, I feel really bad for Taylor Lewan. I feel like he deserved that much. Um, what lies next for Lewan? I'm not so sure. I believe that's the second ACL procedure on that knee. That's going to be really tough to come back from, especially with how long it took him to recover last, you know, last year. Um, I, I, I don't think I could get behind seeing him wearing any, team's jersey other than the titans and i don't know that you would want to do that i mean dude that takes a like coming back from these type of injuries just wears on you mentally and when you're that old and you're not even at the top of your game anymore makes you really think you know wonder whether or not it's worth it and lawan's got a ton of money so i don't know it does feel like he's played his last down in tennessee though i could see him retiring i could i could see him uh, signing with another team just to, you know, cause you know, a lot of players have that, have that ego, but he does have, I mean, kudos to him. He does have a really good fallback plan already. Like he's got a very successful podcast. He's a very uh, successful talent. He is a very like, I, I mean that from like a, like an on-air talent, like speaking terms. Uh, he, I think he's, I, he's, he's, he's well built for whatever's next. If it's not football. I, I still think he can continue on. I just, it's not going to be with the Titans. Not with that, not with that cap hit that I'd he love to see a little hometown and, discount though. You know, I would too. I would too. I would gladly year, take $5 million. Back on a, 
Come, yes. come finish it out yes. your way. Right. I would as well. Uh, however, in a previous episode, I do believe we made a prediction uh, as to whether or not Taylor Lewan would jump back on Twitter during the season. I mean, this is all but certainty. We're we're he's getting back on, right? He still Eventually. hasn't though. He still he, hasn't. He still he, hasn't he, to his he credit. Can. He's allowed to now. This does not go against. Oh, oh. It, it no, no, but it but it still goes within the bet that we made, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we we, we come out get, on top here. Although we can still cash in on that won. bet. We still kind of come out the losers. <laughs> um, all right. As we talked about, there are some Titans fans that are just happy that the Tennessee Titans won on Sunday. Just you know, it's been a it's been a rough go to get here. Um, it's it's been it's been a hard hard road. I've had to have a warrior spirit, a warrior mentality. Shout out Drake, and I feel like some people are some people are just happy. They're just okay. Good, we got the win. Whew, I can exhale. Boom. Let's move on to next week. Let's move on to Colts hate week division game. However, there are other people that are still in the camp of the sky is falling. This team still sucks. Got the W, but that second half left a sour taste in our mouth. And Jack, you kind of made a, uh, a, a point earlier before we started recording that I'm, I'm actually going to bring up up here, but there's in the game of football, there's coverage corners. There's lockdown corners. And then there's this segment perspective corner. All right, Jack, why don't you step on in to this uh, this corner of the room, okay? Why don't you huddle around me here in this corner of the room? Kind of like, you know, that meme of, like, the guy standing in the corner of a party, and they're like, they don't know that, I'm, <laughs> that I've got really good perspective on this season. You know, like, that's that's what this is. <laughs> good verbal meme. So <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to come over here, and I want you to believe that. I want you to hear me out, okay? <laughs> This team currently, the Tennessee Titans, they're one and two. Not great, not ideal. I don't think any of us predicted to be one and two at this point in the season. Um, but they are just one missed kick away from being two and one. That's a huge swing right there. Randy Bullock's kick connects in that on that final game uh, or that final play of week one. They're two and one. We're looking at a two and one team. They're also one bad quarter away from well still being two and one because they probably would have lost to the bills regardless but but a big chunk of that sour aftertaste that we got from the bills was literally just one bad quarter otherwise it's a 17 to 7 game that's not near as bad as there's no shame in losing to the being. bills uh, it's it's there and there is no there is no shame in losing to the bills they're a very good team Okay. They're very banged up right now, though. I wish the Titans would get, and I know that they were missing some guys due to injury, but that Bills team may be the most injured team in football right now. Hey, I don't feel bad for them. The oh. Titans were there last year. Okay, I don't feel bad for any team with injuries, knowing full well that the Titans off. will probably this year. the Titans will probably be back there. Yeah, they'll be back there. <laughs> we laugh to keep from crying. We do laugh to keep from crying. The Titans are going to be like, well, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm never going to feel bad for someone that has to for someone in a hospital ward knowing full well i will probably be in that hospital ward with them <laughs> like i will probably be sharing a hospital room with them 
Okay, so I'm not gonna feel bad for you. Oh, what you got your spleen rupture? What you you tore an ACL? Oh, you're out for the season. Oh, Fooey, I'm in here too, dickwad. Yeah, okay. you get rolled in in a wheelchair, and this guy's just broken a pinky. You say, oh, first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. So, uh, and then look, and and it's it's important to note. Look, teams have bad weeks. Teams have bad weeks. Okay, the Bills week that was a bad week for the Titans. Bills and the Giants game, they're literally a missed kick away from winning that game. Teams have bad weeks, and that's what we learned this week, honestly. This week, Kansas City Chiefs lost to the freaking Colts. The Chargers lost to the damn Jaguars. And the Bills, the Bills, the Super Bowl 57 champion Bills lost to the Dolphins, okay? Dolphins looking scarier and scarier by the week. But do I think the Titans are more talented than the Bills? No, okay? Do I think they had a really bad week? Also, no. It was a bad quarter, okay? All I'm saying is give it some perspective. Titans showed us in that first half against the Raiders just how, how good and how dominant this team can be. Now, granted, the second half, you could say, yeah, but what about the second half? They didn't look great. Okay. Jack, let's flip those two halves. Are we still, and this is the point you made before we, we, we started the podcast. If we flip those two halves, are we still talking about the Titans the way we're talking about the Titans right now? Well, so, so the Raiders scored 12 points in the second half. Titans scored zero. So if the game. So if the Titans go into halftime, 12, nothing. And they come out winning 24 to 22. I, I think you're hearing a lot more of the Titans are back right now than, oh, the Titans just got away with one. I, I think so. I think you are too. I think you are. You're, it, it, it's literally the perspective of, oh, how they, how, they, how they started versus how they finished. And now, uh, to me, it's all one game. You, ha- you, can't, you can't say, oh, but the second half or, oh, but the first half. It's all one game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter one way or the other. I, to me, it is, it is how it starts, how it finishes are blended into one delicious smoothie that you have to drink the whole thing of. Well, I agree with you. I, I, I do think context is needed a little bit just because of what's been going wrong for the Titans. The second half has been going wrong for the Titans and Todd Downing has been struggling with the Titans offense. And you're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to say Todd Downing. He was last week or he was week one's uh, scapegoat. This is Terrence Mitchell's week. That's true. This is Terrence Mitchell's week. If you say, if you say Todd Downing five times in the mirror fast, he's going to appear behind you. So nobody wants that, but it's, I I do think that context is important, but I do like, I I like the spin zone because you're right. It is one game. And by building such a big lead at halftime, the Titans gave themselves a cushion, but they also came really close to blowing that cushion because they couldn't do anything in the second half. I'm not going to feel confident in this team until they put together a second half. And this could happen this week. If they put together a strong second half and kind of step on the Colts' throats or come back and win or just fin them off late, whatever it is, then I'll start feeling good about this team. I, this team will start looking like teams that I've trusted in the past. But until I see that, I still am hesitant to trust this team late. They haven't shown me anything this season. 57 to seven in the second half, 57 to seven. Something's yeah, got but 24 of those, 24 of those points are from the bills third quarter alone. 
then it's still 33 to seven. It's still terrible. Todd Downing, Todd Downing, Todd Downing, Todd Downing, Todd Downing. Oh no, what's happening? The lights are shaking. Toss sweep. <laughs> Toss sweep. Toss sweep. <laughs> don't try this at home. Uh, don't try it at home, guys. Trust me. I just tried it. And it is it is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. Um yeah, look, all I'm saying is sky's not falling. The Titans, the Titans truer colors were in the first half than the second half, in my opinion. I think they just have to get there again. I, to me, and I, and I, and I go back to this every week and I will continue to go back to it every week until it is over. But the first four weeks, in my opinion, are the Titans preseason. They have to get, they have to get a rhythm. They have to find it. And by the time they do, I think, I think this team will look a lot better. But this is the fourth and final week of preseason, in my opinion. And you got to so win this hoping, week preseason. Well, you do have to win. You do have to win. I mean, technically, you should have been winning all these games to begin with. But I, I think that they'll, they're, they're starting to piece it together. That was the best this offense has looked. The defense looked shaky. Again, they're banged up. They're banged up like hell. They looked shaky. However, it should be noted. It, it, this is the biggest, however, this is the biggest butt ever. They bent, but they did not break into, until late. Uh, but but you know what I'm saying? Like, like they, the defense looked bad, but they still played great, if that makes any sense whatsoever, right? Like, because they, they gave up a lot of yards. They gave up a lot of yardage on the ground, but they did not allow the Raiders into the end zone, pick in the end zone, the, you know, t- turnovers. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's not – that's that, that's a big thing of what's going wrong with Las Vegas as well, their red zone offense. But I think you got to give the Titans credit at the same time because in a condensed field, the Titans have a great front seven. They really do. Yeah. Um, but it, it, we, we've got to see it this week. This week against the Colts, and we're going to get into it after Sam Phelan, is the whiteout game. You have an opportunity to white out that loss against the Giants in week one and go ahead and get that win, move to two and two, and then you play the commanders before you're by. You get to empty your tank before you get a full week off. This is the wideout game. You beat the Colts, covers up that loss against the Giants, and now you actually have something to build off of coming out of that week six bye. I I think the Titans are in a good position to do it. The Colts, uh, we're talking about questions that the Titans have. The Colts have just as many questions, if not more, right now. And honestly, you give me Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill, I'm taking Tannehill at this point. Yeah, no, I would too. I honestly, and I, I don't, it's not, to me, it's not even a question um, at, at this point in this moment. Now, if you talk to me, you know, two or three years ago, then yeah, sure. I'm yeah. taking Matt Ryan, but, but, uh, but in this moment right now, without question and Jack, I, I am a little hesitant with you calling it a wide out game, just based off of the last NFL game that we've seen played Monday night giants, Cowboys, where the <laughs> giants literally had a wide out game what and they, they led like, they led 13 to six and then just the wheels fell off and Cooper rush is somehow an undefeated quarterback in the NFL right now. So I, 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 yeah, I like the idea where you're calling a whiteout game. Is there anything else we can call it? Like maybe like a backspace game back. Let's do back. Let's call it back. I like, like backspace game. Yeah. Okay. It's a backspace game because then it's, and we live in a digital age anyway, who still uses whiteout other than probably Matt Ryan because he's that old. <laughs> 
Jack, let's get to Sam Phelan. But before we do, let's first get a word from our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM, download the app and sign up with code A to Z Sports for a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. That's for you new users. If you don't have a sportsbook app that you like to use, or if you have one and don't like it, then download the BetMGM app. They've got the best variety, the best selection, and best of all, it's easy to use. So make sure you download the BetMGM app. Take advantage of that promo code A to Z Sports, A-T-O-Z Sports. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus, Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. It's a victory week. Uh, here on the Side Now podcast, and we had to go back to a guy that I feel I have a strong connection with uh, because, as a native Nashvilleian living in Chicago, he is a native Chicagoan living in Nashville. It's almost like uh, we freaky Friday'd. Uh, our guy Sam Phelan with A to Z Sports, A to Z Titans reporter. If you're not doing so already, give him a follow on Twitter at uh, Sam underscore Phelan. That's Phelan with a P H. A-L-E-N on Twitter. Give him a follow. Dude, Sam, how are you, man? I am well. I'm happy to be back, to be honest. I know Jack texted me here to see if I could fill in last minute. And happy, happy to come on the Tighten Up podcast at the drop of a hat if you guys need me at any time. I love talking to you guys. That's our boy. Yeah, no joke. Uh, yeah, like literally just a, a savior. You know, when, when, when we are scrambling for guests, uh, when guests back out, and or go dark on us then you know what guys like you sam they they make our day they make our week and honestly like we've been meaning to get you back on the pod because last time we talked to you it was like off season kind of boring you'd kind of just moved to nashville and it's like no we want to get you now you got you got uh some roots laid down you're you've been in the building in the titans facility you, you did all of training camp titans got a win first win of 2022 uh, the first of uh, 15 more or 14 more. And uh, and Sam, so I we have to start here. Dude, are you doing OK about the socks? I'm sorry, man. Like, <laughs> I, Look, I know it's not a big Sox fan. I'm not. Tony La Russa went MIA there for a little bit with some health concerns. And then the team started to turn it around. And they're thinking, oh, late season push. And then they just ran into the freaking Guardians buzzsaw. And uh, how are you doing emotionally? Well, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. And me needing to come back on the podcast because I did tweet at you and and just say, (laughs) Austin, I think I need another therapy session because you helped last time deal with my emotions regarding Tony La Russa. And it was a rough summer. It just was all around. It was was a tough tough summer to be a White Sox fan or, or a baseball fan in Chicago for that matter. But yeah, uh, I'm happy it's over. It, you know, it, it, <laughs> I, I've got, no, I've got this feeling, Austin, legitimately, I have this feeling of I was in a toxic relationship. The White Sox were that girlfriend 
that just kept emotionally abusing me. And right, right. as I was going to break it off, she would suck me back in, get me to, to, to get back involved, be like, maybe she can, maybe she can be different this time. Maybe she yeah. can be better for me. And then her old habits just kept coming back. That was the White Sox all summer. And I'm at the point now where I have broken off the relationship and I'm, it, I have this sense of relief that has come over my body where I can just focus on football and I can worry about the White Sox in December whenever they make whatever idiotic offseason decisions they're going to make. It's football season for me now. And I'm, I have this odd sense of, thank God it's over and I don't have to watch them tear my heart out in the playoffs because that would have been yeah. like even worse than it's the ending you knew was coming to all of this. And I don't think I was still ready for, so I'm glad it ended when it did. And I didn't get too deep into the relationship. And to further the analogy, it was you, you know, you expected things to hopefully end with a ring. And now you're just like, no, I don't even want the ring anymore. I'm ready to just move on to the next one. Well, right. I mean, it's that sense of commitment we make the playoffs all of a sudden I'm, I'm all in. And then the inevitable heartbreak is going to hurt that much worse. So it, it was good to get it nice and clean and, and do it. I'm not sure I would have called it clean, actually. It was a, it was a rough few months. But yeah. it, it's just good to have it over in the rear view and focus on, on football and get my mind to other things that don't make me miserable five days a week. Well, and Tony LaRussa is, is, no one, is no girl you ever want to end up with. You don't oh. want to end up with a girl with that many sunspots and shingles oh. on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I, I kind of relate to you. I think a lot of our listeners can as well, because at, at times it feels like being a Tennessee sports fan is really just a mental illness. Uh, the Titans, <laughs> for the first two weeks, had a lot of people down really bad. This week, they finally squeaked out their first win of the season. It, it wasn't pretty, but it was beautiful. That's what former Oilers coach Bum Phillips used to say. But what Jack Gentry says is, an ugly win is a lot better than a pretty loss. And that's what the Titans had. Look, it was a great first half. Second half could have gone better. Some of Downing's, you know, head-scratching decisions started to pop up again. But how would you assess the way the Titans were able to bounce back on a short week, albeit, after a Monday night embarrassment in Buffalo? Yeah, so to start off, the Tennessee sports fan thing, I do think is a very similar analogy. That is why I am just, I'm holding my breath for any uh, uh, University of Tennessee fans out there that are riding a little bit high on the football train. It's coming down. We all, know we all know the train is crashing at some point. And it's yeah. just fucking it that like, oh, how the mighty are going to fall. So I'm praying for them. I'm keeping them in my thoughts. The more good <laughs> that they do, the worse it's going to be. Uh, but as far as the Titans are concerned, for a win, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It was ugly. It was a limp to the finish line. It felt like they did everything in their power to not put the Raiders away, much like we saw them do against the Giants in week one. And it felt for a little bit there like they were actually going to find a way to blow another game at home and go to 0-3 and really put themselves behind the eight ball in terms of the AFC South standings. But... The two-point conversion comes up just short. They squeak out a victory. And I think the feeling that you just said with the, the Titans fans of that exhale, we got one under our belt. Now let's do this thing. We're back in the race. I think that's the feeling in the locker room too. The Titans were trying to keep this locker room feeling of 
oh, you know, season is a long season. We can still do this at 0-2. But everybody knows that's the elephant in the room. Everybody knows that, you know, things haven't gone the way that they should. And everybody was embarrassed with how Monday Night Football went in Buffalo. So to see them actually come back, have a nice bounce back and a big, strong first half, and then put away a game that seemed like it could have been in jeopardy, I think could go a long way to the team's confidence heading into division games coming up and a slate that they really can't afford to miss a step in because the AFC South is ugly. You have to win the division games and they've got a big one with the Colts coming up. You're right. And, and you mentioned the locker room and how big that win was for them. The Titans are down a lot of leaders right now. Lawan's out for the season. Harold Landry's gone for the year. Uh, Bud Dupree didn't get to play. Elijah Molden, Still, still not out there uh, yet this season. They have a lot of guys that aren't aren't available right now. But you're in the locker room, and aside from just looking at Derrick Henry shirtless, what do you notice about those guys in there? I, I mean, is morale actually high, or was this just kind of a? Did you walk in there after the game and just be like, okay, these guys needed this one? You know, there was some anxiety in there, and this win may help, like you said, relieve some of that stress of being 0-2. Well, but then also, I, what, what's it like seeing Derrick Henry shirtless as well? So. Well, a, as we mentioned the first time I was on the show, he's much bigger than I thought he was going to be in person. <laughs> you shake his hand, you walk next to him, you're just like, holy crap, this is a mountain I'm walking next to right now. So it's pretty much that feeling over and over again. Um, the locker room was a little bit of both, where they're, they're definitely trying to keep the energy high. They like to play. They play four square in the middle of the locker room every day before and after practice. They, they, they do these, they try and do these competitive things. They, they do swear. I swear they've got it. They've got it etched in tape right in the middle of the locker room, right as you get out of the showers and they just run a rotation. Are, and I, are cherry bombs allowed? Do you know? I don't believe so. Luan, Luan's the one that started the whole thing a couple weeks ago. And it's just kind of been going even in his absence here. So they've been trying to do fun little things like that to, to keep morale up, to, to stay competitive and stay upbeat around one another. But I also did get the sense that there's a lot of young guys in this locker room. There's a lot of new faces in this locker room. And whenever you have that scenario on an NFL team, it takes winning to get buy-in. And in order for these people and for these players to really buy into this group and buy into the season, I do think they needed that one under their belt. 0-3 is ugly. And so I, while I don't think they were panicked at 0-2, there was this feeling of uh, we're right on the doorstep of 0-3 facing a pretty good Raiders team, despite what their record says. And that first win, I, I think, just gives them that jolt, like you said, Jack, to to really go and take the AFC South uh, by the horns as they get into some of these division slates. Can you tell us who what the about, best like, square player is in the locker room? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's hard to tell. I, I, I honestly am busy working, unfortunately. Oh, right yeah, that's true. Oh, all right. Job to do. You know, no, you know what, Sam? Part of your job is to find that information out because that is right. extremely – that is intel that, honestly, I haven't heard yet from any of the, now, no. the, the Titans media. And four square is a thing. It, it's big going through the Titans locker room right now. That's the craze that, and I'll tell you the other game they play is they do like a three point shootout slash knockout, but with like the little four square ball shooting into like these tiny garbage cans. Oh my gosh. Okay. It, this, this is weird. Whatever keeps you loose man. the Preds like to play soccer before their hockey right. games. I, there's teams what? go on runs that do these type of things. 
not not to dwell on the Foursquare, but again, I'm just riveted by this. I am so appalled that uh, the, <laughs> that this this team like this is what they do, and this is it, this is incredible. This is the scoop right here, Sam. This is might be your first Titans scoop uh, covering the beat. The <laughs> yeah. now I gotta I gotta ask like do do you know do they allow things like electric lines, black magic, uh, you know, around the world? Any of those rules in play? A Ouija board. Think so not to my knowledge but but it does get it does get pretty pretty sick one time i tuned in at i don't even remember who it was there was a defensive lineman came up with like a nice like behind the back tap when nobody thought Ooh. he was getting to it and yeah so there's some plays that are made the real athletes come out during four square and you'd be surprised yeah. a lot of the big boys the big boys are the ones getting involved that's who wants to play all the time not not your receivers they, they don't want to get involved as much it's it's the big guys that are that yeah. are getting in there well, Kyle Phillips, sense. Kyle Kid Phillips is used to, you know, you know, smaller squares on the ladder drill. So four squares, probably a little yeah. different for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you, you, those are the guys you'd think you'd see on it, right? You're like, oh, yeah, the Kyle Phillips and, and you'd get Nick Westbrook, Akine and these guys playing four square. No, we're talking Naquan Jones is like running the King Square half the time. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's up his this alley. Is awesome. yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, no. No, no poison, uh, no, no sleepover, no spinning, and that, none of that. Look, I'm all, I'm, I'm a big four square guy. If you can't tell, and so I love the fact that this team is all in. I'm also curious. Last question on the four square for me, at least, uh, okay. until I think of at least ten more. Did, is that how Taylor Lewan hurt himself? Did, was it a preemptive four square injury that led to the opening night or the opening play in the Bills Monday night game? I can't confirm. That is not the case. So I'm okay. going to, I'm going right. to disavow, I disavow that rumor. I'm going to okay. dispel that one out of the gate here. All right. This is, <laughs> dude, you're a hell of a reporter. And I love, I love this, uh, this intel. This is phenomenal. I do what I can, you know, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Sam, I thought what the Titans got back to in week three that we hadn't seen a whole lot from them this year was big plays in the running game. Uh, Derrick Henry, just in the first half, had four rushes, for at least 10 yards and coming into the Raiders game, he had just one of those on the season. And that was in week one against the giants. What did you notice about the run game? Because the Titans are still figuring it out up front. I, they've got, you know, a left tackle who doesn't have a ton of experience next to a left guard. Who's a career backup. And then you got a rookie right tackle and NPF. It's, a, you know, kind of a, a funky O line, but they were creating some holes for Derrick Henry what did you notice about the Titans offense and, and kind of the big plays that they were going after? Well, it certainly looked different. I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that they finally got Derek involved in the passing game. They finally threw him a couple screen passes and made defenses look at him two-dimensionally a little bit. You know, they ran play action pass. Ryan Tannehill was able to get the ball out a little bit quicker. They took shots to stretch the field. And as a result, the running game had a little bit more success. The key is just going to be getting Derek through that first level of defense relatively clean. You have to give him an opportunity to run through contact. A quick stat for you, Jack. Uh, Derek Henry gained 65 yards after contact against the Raiders. When he crosses the 60-yard mark, they are 19-3. in three. That, so there, there's your stat right there. Derrick Henry being a running back that's able to fend off the first tackler opens up their offense completely, right? And so that's what they need to try and get back to. And Derrick had a little bit more pep in his step, but I do think there was a level of 
he didn't really get double teamed in the in the backfield quite as often. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to that HB toss that we saw in Buffalo quite as often. Pitch the pitch. <laughs> right. Pitch they, the they, pitch, yes. They kept doing that to the left side, but they don't have Taylor Luan, whose biggest asset is his speed and his ability to set the edge out there on the left-hand side. And, and, you know, they found other ways to get him involved running HB counter, getting him him through that first level. And and it worked uh, in their favor, especially in the first half of being able to create a two-dimensional look for a defense and, and just give your best playmaker the ball. That's really what it comes down to. Their offensive identity is so, so reliant on Derek being successful in the running game. And as long as they can do that, I do think that their offense will be relatively productive. Do you know if they play any of the four square mini games like Tea Party, uh, Bubbles, <laughs> Shark Attack, any of those? I don't think so. I, I don't know. This is a this is a question next time you have a have a player on the show, though, you got to. You, you got to dive into this a little bit here. Yeah. They, they well, do their I best mean, to keep players off of this show. Yeah, 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 yeah. which, I mean, I, I can't blame them. Uh, but, yeah, you know how Titans PR is just in the first place, but especially they are with podcasts like ours. Uh, they try and keep their guys far away from our yeah. podcast as possible. I'll look into that for you. I don't want to be good. Okay. I, don't, I don't want this to be a fight club thing, though. I know sometimes the Titans have some things where it's like, hey, we're not going to talk about this. So, right. So, First rule of four right. square. You don't talk about four square. Right. Yeah. So that, I'm not sure if that's one of these, these deals or not, but if it is, we might have to delete this podcast. Off sure. The internet. Sure. No, you know us, we are, look, if, if things do not want to be talked about, we definitely do not talk about them ad nauseum. <laughs> For, for those of you listening to this, Austin just winked at me. And said <laughs> Sam, Robert Woods, Robert Woods popped on Sunday in the first half, at least three huge plays in the first half. The longest one went for 41. He did another 32 yard catch. Tannehill was on fire with the deep balls. And I think that's what a lot of fans wanted to see from Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill. You have all you, you have the, the safeties creeping up. You know, you're able to kind of crowd the box with, with your defense because Tannehill's not thrown over the top of anybody. They don't have A.J. Brown as a deep threat anymore. But the way they used Robert Woods, I think that opened up some some holes for Derrick Henry up front. How how'd you – I guess, what did you think about just the willingness to throw it deep? I mean, I'm not surprised by it, to be honest with you. It's something that they've been intentional about. They've tried it. Uh, to some extent already in the regular season and not had the same amount of success. Tanhill's thrown a couple deep balls to Traylon Burks that have just gone incomplete. But back when Racy McMath was healthy during training camp, that was like a focal point of the offense was how can we find a way to try and get him behind everybody and just throw the ball up to the fastest guy on the field. They're pretty intentional. And Ryan Tannehill has been really intentional about not wanting to take checkdowns quite as often. And for as often as the Titans stay ahead of the sticks, also wanting to make sure that you're getting the big plays in there. This was really the first time, though, that we've seen those connect with some regularity and with a little bit of consistency with Robert Woods getting behind some Raiders DBs. And I think it's a result of what we just talked about, which is the run game. It it complements the run game. It opens up the run game. And in the same way, the run games and the check down to Derrick Henry started making the Raiders think about, hey, maybe we can't just, you know, everybody drop everybody back into a cover four whenever they're they're in a passing set and and see what happens here right Derrick Henry forced guys to think 
vertically on them. And as a result, the Titans got behind them some and uh, forced a couple big plays. It all kind of works together. The run game, those deep passes, the play action pass. I think most of them, if not all of those ones to Woods came off of a play action look. So that is what this offense needs to make its bread and butter is find a way to run the ball efficiently strike them for just enough big plays to make it enough make it enough of a threat and then use those looks to get yourself uh, quick points or work yourself into field goal range at the end of halves winning in the margins in that way it's definitely a symbiotic relationship on the offensive side of the ball where in order for the offense to live in harmony, the run game and the pass game has to execute and has to kind of make defenses think about different things, not just focus on Derrick Henry. But for all of the positive we, positives we, we saw in that Raiders game, the second half was one big negative. What are a couple of your concerns after, you know, watching that second half and seeing the Titans? I mean, it, talk, it was an escape. The Titans, it, it didn't feel like a win. It felt like they survived. We talked about that on the Titans game day show. But what were a couple of your negatives that you took away from that game? Because I know number one, I know one, and I know every Titans fan that's listening right now is screaming, Terrence Mitchell, he is the negative. Get him off the field at any cost. But what did you think were, were some of the things they could have done better in? Yeah, it's two trends that I think are pretty alarming. One just being the difference in points in the second half. Like I mentioned off the top, it's the same thing we saw against the Giants, where it felt like the Titans were in control the entire way, and you just miss an opportunity here, a conversion there, give up a couple big plays, and all of a sudden, a two-point conversion puts you behind by one point, and you're, you have your back against the wall. That's where it felt like this one was heading. The Titans ran a third down and one that Derrick Henry lost a couple yards on. They just didn't get, get enough push on their offensive line. Uh, they threw a pass to Traylon Burks on fourth down that he dropped. It was a little bit behind him, but probably should have been caught anyways. And you missed a couple opportunities to really keep the offense rolling and put some extra points on the board. And then the trend on the defensive side of the ball, it does have to do with Terrence Mitchell, but it's the explosive plays that they've given up and specifically against the Raiders, the explosive plays they gave up in situations that it just can't happen. Like Mac Hollins cannot have a, 150 yard game on you that can't happen you can't give up a 48 yard completion on fourth and 15 when the opponent needs a touchdown to tie the game that can't happen and uh the titans have a very rude awakening with their secondary where they need to find a answer right trey avery didn't cut it terrence oh. mitchell's not cutting it i don't know if caleb farley will cut it or not but he hasn't been so far and as long as elijah molden is down You've got Christian Fulton, Roger McCreary, and who else? Because Nobody. somebody else has to fill that role. And so far, uh, that's been the weak spot of the Titans defense that just keeps getting picked on over and over and over again. And their well, pass rush isn't making up for it. Wasn't that so frustrating? Because Matt Collins goes for eight and 158. And you have guys that you're actually worried about. Devontae Adams only go catch you know five balls for 36 yards. Waller was held to 22 yards. They did a great job across the board. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just that the wide receiver three is always going to have an advantage because the Titans don't really have a guy to cover that player until Elijah Molden gets back. Yeah, I will say, too, uh, I think part of the reason I felt like it was a limp to the finish from the Titans in a lot of ways is they got bailed out quite a few times by the Raiders and specifically Darren Waller. He dropped what mm -hmm. would have been a 60-yard touchdown uh, early in the third quarter, dropped another ball in the end zone that wound up getting intercepted by Kevin Byard. 
he cost the Raiders maybe 14 points just on two drops alone of Waller. And you start looking at those plays and are like, oh, okay, well, you gave up a couple more X plays and two extra touchdowns in the second half. So those are concerning things. And in terms of the secondary, I don't know what you do. I, I thought there were interesting I don't know if you guys have seen this or not yet. I tweeted about it. I'm not sure if the video is coming out, uh, if the Titans are going to release the video. We had Titans players on Zoom earlier this morning. Uh, just Christian Fulton, Nick Westbrook-Akine talked to Titans media uh, about the Colts, about previous games. And uh, one thing Christian Fulton talked about was his advice to Caleb Farley as a guy who dealt with an injury his rookie year in the league, as a guy who took a little bit to get going and really settle in. What is the message he gives to him? And uh, Christian said, well, you know, I just try and tell him that it, it takes time. And the more game reps you get, the more confident you'll get, the more, you know, comfortable you'll feel. And, and I think that once the more opportunity he gets, that's what will really make him confident. He said he got his confidence from seeing that the confidence coach, the Titans coaches had in him. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, but Caleb Farley's not getting in-game opportunities and the coaches don't have confidence in him. So I followed up with Fulton. I asked him, well, can that have the opposite effect on a guy when he doesn't get opportunities? He said, definitely. You know, you come into the NFL, everybody's confident in their abilities. You stop getting playing time. You start to question everything. And I think the Titans have a sticky, sticky situation on their hands regarding the secondary Caleb Farley, who clearly is not making Titans coaches happy enough to give him opportunity on the field, while also not wanting to sabotage him and, and take away his confidence and ruin the kid's career before it's really even begun, begun here in Tennessee. Regardless of what they do, they have to find somebody to, to answer the bell because it's not going to get any easier against the slate of quarterbacks they have to continue to face. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the confined space of the locker room makes it inconducive to play with rules like bus stop, where the king can just chuck the ball <laughs> across the room and all the players count to 20 before the player can bring it back to his square in time. Have you seen them be able to like bust out any rules like that? Because I feel like it's just you just when you're in inside like that, you, you just have to narrow your scope of the game of four square. You're in such a deep. Uh, hole a deep wormhole on foursquare on the internet right now it's it's, it's gonna, honestly bad for your health no i'm in a deep hole in my brain right now from just my years and years of foursquare but he's not gonna stop thinking about this till he gets his answers in his videos i can't give them to you i don't, I don't... <laughs> look i'm not looking for videos i understand that but I like hard hitting reporting when it comes to foursquare if you can even just like even if you could just like subtly tweet out like a player and like who who won who was the four square uh oh yeah you gotta do like a coded tweet who spent the most yeah. time in the king square and just just like ha have like a, a cam newton coded tweet with that player's name yeah no yeah yeah maybe like maybe like we'll know what it means oh, okay. yeah maybe like ben jones's footwork today was special you know like something At like Austin that Huff, and then you'll know <laughs> what i mean wow yeah there's a the new hand. king in the locker room yeah. it's naquan jones yeah. <laughs> right josh gordon should really think about joining the titans hands team oh that's a good yes one. yes <laughs> literally if you just honestly sam anything you tweet at me with a player's name included that'll be my that'll be the code that'll be this you could you can make it say the tweet say whatever you want it to be to be as coded as you want all you have to do is just include a player's name and that will tell me who was the king 
of All the right. of the court. I'll look into that for you. We'll see. Okay. All right. The fourth square. It's always the most coveted square. And uh, look, the square that has Sam Palin in, in our Zoom chat is always the most coveted square as well. Sam, dude, you're the man. We appreciate all that you do. We appreciate you coming in uh, on, you know, short notice with a, you know, not all heroes wear capes. And I can tell you right now by looking at him in the Zoom, he is not wearing a cape, but he is a hero to us. Logos either. Mm-hmm. That is true. There aren't a whole lot of heroes who wear sock shirts. Not, uh, but Sam is really <laughs> Yeah. Well, Sam, dude, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Uh, all that you do. Uh, continue the, the, the tremendous work that you do. Guys, follow him at Sam Phelan. Sam underscore Phelan on Twitter. Uh, make your timeline more Titan friendly with his uh, incredible work. And if you're a Sox fan too, it doesn't hurt to there because we only have a, like what, like a week, uh, about a week left of uh, Sox games uh, to be live tweeted. So that's true. That is true. So Sam, dude, thank you, man. Anytime. Absolutely. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Jack, I can't get over the fact that the Titans play four square. <laughs> I don't know no, if that came of, across in the interview at all. Um, <laughs> but I can't get over that. This is tingling a little. I kind of want to get out there and play a little. Right? Like, did it not bring you back? To, to me, it brought me back to two places, both the blacktop uh, behind Edmondson Elementary, uh, <clears throat> which if, you, if you've ever been to Edmondson Elementary, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's right there in front of the playground, which is in front of the nature walk. Uh, which I don't even know if those these are still here. That's that's how long it's been since I've been behind Edmondson Elementary in Brentwood, Tennessee. But uh, or also Crockett Elementary, which is where I went to my first three years of elementary school. Crockett Elementary, which is in front of Woodland Middle School, and uh, there was there's like a side playground off to the side where it's like caged in basketball courts and a giant field where they would host field day. That area over there. That is where, like, I hear Foursquare, and that's where it takes me, in that second. Yeah, I, I was more of a Poplar Grove guy, since that's where I went to elementary school. But, yeah, I agree. It took me back to, like, fourth grade. You really wanted to get on that Queen, King Square. You made alliances just to break oh. later. I mean, it, it, was, you, it was the Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. It really was, dude, because because if you lost, like, in Game of Thrones, if you die, yeah, that sucks. You get stabbed, you're off the show forever. Uh, it sucks. But, like, if you lost in Foursquare, I argue it's even worse than dying, okay? Because, like, when you're dead, boom, you're dead. Afterlife, whatever, okay? But when you lose in Foursquare, you have to go to the back of the line, and you have to wait your turn. You have to wait to earn your way back into the line just to get back into the first square. And then you have to work your way up to the fourth square. You're dead meat in that first square. I think it's harder to go all the way to the back of the line, come back in and get to the King square. than it is to like swim across the Nile river. That's how tough it is to get back to that King square. Once you're out, because everybody, everybody knows you were just, you were picking on them. You were, you were sending those guys to the back of the line. Now they want, they're out for blood. They want revenge. But I, I, I do think it's going to help the Titans somehow, some way we're going to look back on this interview and be like, it all started to change. Once we figured out the Titans are playing four square in the locker room. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And yeah, it was always, it was always the worst. If you got like a, uh, like a Ben Jones sized person in that King square in that fourth square, because if, and especially if cherry bombs were allowed and most of the time, correct me if I'm wrong, but the four square determined what rules were eligible that like before you served, you would say, 
this is allowed, this is allowed electric lines, you know, cherry bombs, black magic, anything like it's all like they would, they would basically set the ground rules. And so if you're a big dude, like, and you're in that four square, you're, and you're in any of the other squares around it, you're like, oh crap. And he's allowing cherry bombs. We're screwed. And then sure <laughs> enough, he'd cherry bomb it over the fence. You'd have to go run around and then your teacher would be yelling at you for leaving the fenced area. And then you, you're like, I'm getting the ball. And you'd have to get make it back in time in like the 20 seconds a lot. Like, dude, it is I oh man, four square just takes me back. I'm glad that they're playing in a confined space like the locker room because the ball can only go so far. But I could very easily see like some dude getting ready and the ball just bounce off his face. You just know, wow. It. Yeah, like maybe yeah, maybe it is Ben Jones. They think you just get the hold of that ball and gets like a pin from his locker, just pop no more four square, just hit me in the face. Yeah. There is one of those guys in that locker room. I'm leaning it's I'm leaning that it's Ben Jones, but I'll have to think of other guys that, that could step in and, and play that uh that that mean teacher role in that locker room. Yeah, Ben Ben I don't know why I keep going to Ben Jones, but Ben Jones I just I just picture him being like that bully like that he's just like secretly good at foursquare. Like and that the people are just now learning this because they're reintroducing it into the locker room. I, I think uh, to me could be a special teams game. Don't sleep on don't sleep on Randy Bullock and Stoner. I feel oh, like yeah. they've got something to offer over there. Well, especially things like uh like double bounces or um oh what's the what's the one where you can like you can you're allowed to like go underhand and like scoop it down. I you know I, I, you, I got, you remember gonna... far more about Foursquare than I do. Okay. That's weird because I feel like you just graduated fifth grade. So okay. I don't understand. <laughs> All right, cool tate week, everybody. Let's go. Big no, week. Well, week. speaking <laughs> speaking of four square, this is the Titans fourth square of a game right now because they they've got the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. Jack, I'm subtly trying to go to this game. It's a four hour drive from where I live. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm subtly, subtly trying. I, I have a connection with the Colts already exhausted that connection. The guy straight up told me I don't have tickets for, for <laughs> you. And I said, Whoa, buddy, I was just texting to catch up, see what's up. He's like, I don't have tickets. And I was like, okay, all right. Fair you enough. know who you can get up is Nick Westbrook Akine because he is an Indiana man. And Ooh. he is the Colts daddy in NWI in two games against the Colts, six catches, 69 yards nice and two touchdowns for whatever reason when nwi plays against the colts he scores so in and he's gonna i'm sure he's got a big allotment for family tickets so maybe maybe that's the guy you call up i well i feel like the indianapolis colts game is like the one game out of the season where he has like all his ticket allotments you're used. probably right actually that makes a lot of sense now that you said that buck rising another indian but i mean with what we what we have uh, our listeners comment in the podcast ratings may that that may not do you any favors when you go run. Yeah, through. hey, if anyone's got a Colts ticket, hit me up, hit me up because I will make that drive down. I you know I'll come down, make some content. Well, you know we'll make a whole charade of it. Um, but I I I think it's a it's a it's a massive game. Obviously, a- anytime you meet the horseshoe, it is, and you have to play this is this is jack this is one of our least favorite games of the year of the calendar because it's a very big shadow game it is i'm i'm glad we're catching them this early in the season because i feel like the shadows won't be as bad as they can be at lucas oil especially not as bad as they were in the october 31st meeting that they had there last year oh that's those those are bad shadows 
I, I, but I, there will still be shadows because it is a noon kickoff and the sun will be setting around the time, you know, in the second half. I hate shadow games. Obviously, uh, Paul Brown Stadium, which is no longer called Paul Brown Stadium, but where the Bengals play is my number one power ranking of worst shadow stadiums. Um, number two, oh, number two was one that they played in. They played in recently, I think last year. I can't remember what it was. And then number three is Lucas Oil Stadium for me. So I, I hate shadow games, and this is definitely going to be one of them. It's going to be an interesting game. And, you know, over the last few meetings, the Titans have kind of had the Colts number. They've won four of five, including three straight in Indianapolis. So the Titans don't mind going up there and playing in the shadows, Lucas Oil. It's it's a place where I think the Titans are more comfortable playing. And you you look at what the Colts try to do this offseason. Everybody was picking them. The Colts got a lot better because they got rid of Carson Wentz, who all he did was turn the ball over. Now you bring in Matt Ryan, a guy who can play within the system and knows how to hit guys down the field. Well, here we are heading into week four. Matt Ryan has four interceptions already. He's been sacked yeah. 12 times. Looks like the most sackable quarterback I've ever seen in the NFL. I mean, seriously, the guy sits back there and just waits for, for a, a, a pass rusher to come within about two feet of him, and he just folds like a lawn chair, just sits on the turf like Peyton Manning used to do. When a guy yeah, got close, right. he sat down. And, you know, being sacked. Or, or Brett Favre when Michael Strahan's going for a sack record. Yeah, or when, you know, the Mississippi government declines his request for $5 million. <laughs> except yeah, that he just sits down. Because they yeah, always fulfill right. it. But Matt Ryan has been sacked 12 times this year, which ranks, all, which ranks behind Joe Burrow, who arguably has the worst offensive line in Cincinnati, despite throwing. Well, everyone's, everyone's behind Joe Burrow in number of times they've been sacked. Yeah. Yeah. Then he's behind Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones on Monday night was running for his life. I think they said he was pressured like 23 times. Um, but Matt Ryan is right behind those guys being to having been sacked 12 times. The Titans pass rush misses Bud Dupree. It misses Ola Adani. It certainly misses Harold Landry, but I've, I've liked what I've seen from Rashad Weaver. I've, I, I've also thought Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons have really picked up the slack in the middle of that D-line. While the Colts and most people are saying that the Colts have the best offensive line in football, it hasn't really showed so far this season. Jonathan Taylor still hasn't gotten going. Um, Derrick Henry has kind of been on pace with Taylor, and Derrick Henry had a 25-yard game against the Bills. So <laughs> I, I like the Titans – when you match up each team's offense and when you look at defense, our boy Darius Leonard, he hasn't played yet this season. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Um, Darius, we will not call you Shaquille Leonard is, uh, is out. And it's, it's a question as to whether or not he'll play um, this week. I th I know he was close. I know he's been getting close to, to getting back out there on the field. I, I am looking forward to after last week against the Raiders, the pass rush seemed to be non-existent. Derek Carr had all sorts of time throwing the ball. And I, and again, I know Bud Dupree and Ola Adani being out makes plays into that. However, I think that the, the front four, even without those two should still be good enough to get to Matt Ryan, just based off of how poor the Colts offensive line has been this season. So I am looking forward to the return of the pass rush. I do think that is something that, we should be looking out for something that will be exciting. And Jack last, last week, we saw it a little bit, especially after, you know, we went off the air. 
because the Wednesday afternoon news dump tends to be the, you know, the hot item in the streets for the Tennessee Titans. They love doing that more than they allow Nolansville little league teams throwing swords into the field. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is a little weird. I I, look, I don't trust little kids with swords. I'm sorry, real or not. Um, The defensive uh, or, or the Titans are, continuously scraping the barrels of, of no, 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 I know. I'm going to say scraping the barrels They're The Titans, John Robinson is out on the beach. Okay. And he's got one of those metal detectors on. Okay. He's got the headphones on. He's got the old, like old, like way too sweaty dad cap on, you know, it's like very old and faded and he's probably shirtless wearing some shorts and he's just scanning the beach. Just scan in the beach. And what he's doing is he's finding guys on practice squads and he's signing them to the Titans Every roster. Week. That last week, uh, Terrence Mitchell was one of them. Um, and then there was there's one other last week, which is uh, I'm blanking on it. Um, it was Terrence, but there's one of- they they signed Tack McKinley, who was a they did sign Tack McKinley. Kid. And a couple of weeks before it, they signed the, the, the kid off of the Steelers practice squad, Derek Tusker, whatever it is. This yeah. week, they signed Mario Edwards off the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad. Yes. And, said, oh, and that's not it. Rabel that's said, not it. He, he's looking for guys who can cover and rush the passer. Yes. It's like, look, you want a second chance? You sign up for the ten- to play for the Tennessee Titans. You get, you get your second chance. This is uh, last chance with to NFL version. It really is, dude. Defensive back Mike Brown. Defensive back Mark Gilbert. Wide receiver Rico Gafford. All signed uh, off of practice squads this this week. Uh, or they, excuse me, they they not signed. Excuse me, not signed. Recently worked out. But let's, I mean, let's be honest. Working, they're going to sign at like, least one of those guys. That's like the boob grab of the NFL. It's like it, you know, it leads to much more serious things, right? <laughs> at least for a week, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least for like a quick fling. <laughs> so, <laughs> all I'm saying is, Mike Brown, Mark Gilbert, Rico Gafford, like, and honestly, you could, I could have these names could be entirely made up. They, I could, we could see a, a, a a report out there that the Titans recently worked out uh, Bill Edwards, Doug Renfro. <laughs> it's it's like when you're playing uh, NCAA football, you remember those games and you're playing dynasty mode, but you get past like the second or third year and you're having these recruits with the computer generated names. That, that does kind of feel like the guys the Titans are bringing in to try. Yeah. Timothy Zephyr. Uh <laughs> Grant Burkus. It's like, wow. Okay. All right. Hopefully these John guys Robinson's can maybe fill into like, the roster. You know, I went to, I went to high school with this guy that was really a solid <laughs> defensive tackle. I wonder what he's doing. And then he calls him up and it's like, okay, I'll try out. I'm trying out tomorrow. And they, <laughs> do you, do you think John, there's nobody else to fill in. Have you ever been to Vegas? I haven't. Okay. Uh, if you've ever been, anyone who's ever been to Vegas, I, if you've ever been to like a large city, it it also is very similar. But mostly in Vegas, that's known for it. There's there's just people on street corners flicking cards, just, and they're flicking cards and they're like flicking them in your face until you walk by. And what what these cards are 
are they're basically like cards for like call girls. You know, it's it's basically prostitution's essentially legal in Vegas. And so that's what they're they're selling. Little phone numbers with uh half naked women. It's basically like pornography on little like business cards. Mm-hmm. And they're flicking it and trying to get you to take one, take one, take one, you know, and it that's what the that's what John Robinson is doing with free workouts to the Tennessee Titans. You know, you want, you want a week free, you want a week free. It's like, like whenever, whenever like a lifetime fitness opens up in a new town, there's always people in the street corner. You want, you want a free week's workout. Yeah. Come on in here, here, take this flyer, take this flyer in. And that's what John Robinson is doing on the street corner of every major NFL city, trying to just scrape the barrel of practice squads to get other guys out there. I can't knock him for trying because it's his job to unturn every stone. He's got to, he's got to look for just about any and every player who could possibly help the Titans and bring them in and see what they can do. Right, right now the Titans are really thin on their pass rush and in the secondary. So keep bringing dudes in, you know, one's bound to hit. It's like, it's kind of like playing the lottery. You buy enough tickets, you're going to win $20 one time, you know? <laughs> John Robinson's going to, like, pull up in an old beat-up truck behind a Home Depot and be like, hey, I need 15 of you. Get in the back. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop uh, doing it, uh, We're going to find one eventually. Don't, yeah, John, trust me. Yeah, look, look, it's the, it's the guys with the metal detectors who end up being the millionaires in the end, you know, because they – if you find enough quarters, it's a, it adds up. It's just like one long Outer Banks episode. They're going to find the treasure right. at the bottom of the ocean soon. Yeah, John Robinson's going to find a, uh, an old Civil War belt buckle that he's going to eventually turn on Antique Roadshow and make <laughs> you know a quarter of a billion dollars. Okay, so. Um, all right, let's get to Remember the Titan. It's um, Jack, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Let's see what you got this week. How about you lead us off? Okay. All right. The, I'm, I'm, I went specifically to the Titans roster in 2005, mainly because that's the year the White Sox last won the World Series. Shout out to our guy, Sam Phelan. We appreciate him coming on. So in honor of Sam Phelan's White Sox, I'm going to the 2005 Tennessee Titans. And I know Titans named Todd leave a bad aftertaste in a lot of fans' mouths. But that wasn't always the case, you guys. It wasn't always the case because this week, my Remember the Titan is the late, great Todd Williams. Todd Lamont Williams, offensive tackle, drafted by the Titans in the seventh round of the 2003 draft, played his college ball at Florida State. Um, he also went on to play for the Bucks, Packers, and, ooh, Jack, you know these two teams, the San Jose Sabercats and the California Redwoods. Is that arena league bringing up this, uh, the, okay. I just, okay. I just clicked. I'm pissed at Wikipedia. I just clicked on Redwoods, California, red Redwoods. Oh, uh, took you to like Redwood trees. It legitimately brought me to Sequoia Semperverans, uh, f- which is the scientific name for a California Redwood. Yeah. The tree. Okay. Look, I'm pretty sure he didn't play for an actual tree. Wikipedia, but the San Jose Sabercats are of the Arena Football League. Rest in peace. Gosh, what a great! I wish this you Arena know, League would come it, back. It's interesting. The, the California Redwoods, I believe, changed their name. They're now the Sacramento Mountain Lions. Is that true? That's what Google's telling me. Oh, okay. All right, all right. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was. Are you trying to pull another uh, 
Wikipedia on me where you're just giving me false information when I don't need it. Uh, so yeah, so uh, this is a guy played many years in the NFL and he, well, many years in the NFL, quote unquote. So 2003, 2005, he was a Tennessee Titan, uh, spent 2006 on a couple of practice squads. Then in 2007, he was with the Sabercats and in 2009, the Redwoods. However, he only played in seven games in the, in his entire career, uh, seven NFL games played. None of those started. He was, even though d- despite being drafted by the Tennessee Titans. So look, offensive linemen draftees by the Tennessee Titans being busts. Not a new thing, guys. This is, this is, this is predated uh, John Robinson by many years. Okay. I, so it is, it is a common occurrence. It is a more regular thing than you might expect. The California Redwoods, by the way, are in the UFL. Um, United football. I just, United Football League. Now, however, if you did hear me at the, off the top, I did say the late, great Todd Williams, because Todd did unfortunately pass away January 6th, 2014. Um, I wish the only January 6th that we would remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it, he, he passed away. He was found. Uh, his, his mom was trying to reach him, could not get a hold of him. Uh, sent people to his house and he was found dead in his house. So uh, shout out to Todd Williams, number 78 in our playbooks, but number one in our hearts. Uh, love you. I hope you're resting easy, big man. And that he is my remember the Titan this week. Todd. Fly high, Todd Williams. Fly high, Todd. You know, Todd, Todd and God just hanging out in heaven. Austin, I'm a big fan of comebacks. And there was one significant one in college football over the weekend the james madison dukes rallied from 28 to 3 to come back and win 29 unanswered 28 to 3 is is like hockey's two goal lead it's the most dangerous lead in sports well it's their first i believe this is their first year in fbs and they played app state who was hot who had beaten texas a&m and trailing 28 to 3 the james madison dukes came back and won so that got me thinking who was a Tennessee Titan that played for the James Madison Dukes? And while I, I couldn't think of any, I did Google it. I I, I like this game. Uh, my parents went to uh, James Madison, did but they? they're they are they are merely PSL Titans PSL holders, season ticket holders. So half credit um, for that. What? Well, sorry, were PSL? They've recently sold their PSLs. I, I don't want to talk about it. It's a sensitive subject. Very pissed off. Section 117, row S, seats one, uh, 9 and 10. If you ever sit there, just think of me. But, um, but yeah, they went to James Madison, go Dukes. And so, but they, they're not the answer to your question. So I, I can't not. imagine who is. They're not. The answer to my question is Rashard Marquise Davis. 5'9", oh, 175 let's go. pounds. Titans let's go. As a punt returner, um, mostly a punt returner, although he did catch one pass in the NFL. For 16 yards, and it did go for a first down, if you were wondering. Rashard Davis spent 2019 with the Titans. Not only did he catch one pass, but he also returned two punts for nine yards. Um, his long was a 10-yard punt return, so his second didn't go as well as his first. But Rashard Davis did play at James Madison, where in his senior season, he set um, a, a CAA single-season record and was tops in the FCS with four punt returns for a touchdown. So that interested the Titans, obviously. But he started in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. He signed as an undrafted free agent. 
he was released, then signed, then released, then signed, then released, then signed. That's six. <laughs> that's six different appearances, um, or six different transactions at least. But he actually was on the practice squad when the Eagles won the Super Bowl against the Patriots in 2017. So he's got oh, a ring. Snap. This is Super Bowl champion Rashard Davis. Then he went and played for the Raiders. That didn't really work out. Played for the Chiefs. That didn't work out. Um, was the first overall pick in the skill players round of the 2020 XFL draft by the DC defenders. But he just, he turned it down. He said, I'm going to stay with the Chiefs. That, then the Chiefs released him. Then, you know, you know then he came to the Titans. <laughs> this, is, this is what his Loyalty, guys. Started. Loyalty always pays off. The Titans signed him late in the season in 2019, and he was promoted to the active roster on December 23rd, 2019. Um, later to be waived the next season, then was brought back on the practice squad, then released, then he was signed to a futures contract, then he was waived, then he went to Saskatchewan to play for the Rough Riders in the CFL. This offseason, he actually got back in the NFL, signed with the New York Jets on July 26th, but was released August 16th. So Rashard Davis is a current free agent. He did have one game in a Titans uniform, two punt returns, one big catch, Rashard Davis. I'll remember you forever. We will always remember you. I will remember you. Uh, Jack, we need the Tuppers to come up big this week. We always ask, and the Tuppers usually, uh, no, not usually, always come up big. And we appreciate each and every single one of you who do. We need some so titles. Send us your so titles at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Send them to us, tweet them at us, DM us, however you want to get them to us. Just get them to us. Tag If you want to tag at Austin Huff and at Jack A. Gentry in them, uh, just to make sure we see them, you more than you're more than are welcome to. But just tweet at Tighten Up Pod with your so titles. And so we can get loaded up on those. We're dry. We are dry as a desert. We, we are dry. We are, we are dry. Oh. We are as dry as the Raiders wind covered. We're not gonna lie. We we had a strong summer. We had we we were we were stacked up like four as many as four or five deep mm-hmm. uh, for certain episodes, and we exhausted them. I'm sure you know some of you were probably like, "Well, they, they didn't read mine this week, so they're probably never gonna read mine." And so then you stop sending them in. I want to know why, why you know what are you giving up already? You sound like a true Titans fan. If you are, <laughs> hey, well, that's not, that's a blanket statement. Don't blanket the Titans. I'd have blanket statement. Out there. That was mean. No, this guy is not following Titans fans. If anything, it's coming back. That t- that guy is getting put back in its place. It's getting a, re- a new paint job, a new fresh color of blue. Some may even say two tone blue. And it is things are looking up. If you want to keep up with the Tennessee Titans, follow A to Z Sports on all the social media platforms. Our, you'll get great stuff like our guy, Sam Phelan. You'll get great stuff like from our guy, Jack Gentry. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry. You can follow myself on Twitter at Austin Huff. I will say my tweets during on game days may be like 5 to 15 to 20 seconds delayed just because I am watching it on uh, my my. Uh, Amazon Fire Stick. I have to watch on on Sunday Ticket that way, and so I'm always I can never follow Twitter while I'm watching the game. Like I have to watch the game and keep Twitter away because you got you gotta I, mute you got, guys in the box. That's what you got to do. You got to mute. I, that's what I should, Jim Wyatt. Honestly, the, that's what I need to do. But I I follow too many of them. I follow too many of them, and then I'll forget to unmute them. But like Buck, Buck tweets plays. I'm I'm convinced of this. 
Buck rising. Love. We love Buck. Even well, not on this podcast feed. Four and a half stars to to tighten up podcast idiots. 0.5 stars to Buck. But Buck will tweet plays before they even happen, Jack. And I don't understand it. It'd be like a uh, negative three yard run for Derrick Henry. And then like the ball is snapped. What? It's like, dude, how did you know that ahead of time? I it's he's so quick with his Twitter fingers. I don't know how he does it. He has to type, right? That's not it, that's not thumbs. He's not he's not thumbing those out. He's he's typing them on a desktop, right? Or I, I feel on a like laptop. Unnecessary energy being expelled. I like it just seems a little extra. Oh, two yard game. Like tweet, tweet the tweet the big plays or you know, the, the, the plays for a loss or a fumble or an interception or you know, a big gain, a first down, third down conversion. Yeah. I, I do feel like that multiple people in the Titans media realm also do. I, I so hope I'm so. not just gonna get mad at Buck. But they no, do, I I do yeah I'll, mute on game days. Yeah, I but I I yeah, I would like that a lot more just personally, just based off of my viewing experience. That would make things a lot easier for me. But uh but again, but yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Uh and Jack, I uh, do you got anything for the road? Indiana's a flyover state. Nothing good happens there. Investigate Jim Irsay. His records are very shady. Fire Frank Reich. Fire Chris Ballard. Matt Ryan's old. Andy stinks. Jonathan Taylor's a fraud. Nobody even respects Shaquille Leonard, nor calls him by that name. The Colts are dead. The Colts are dead. The Titans are going to win. The Colts are dead. 2-2 two two this week. It's the wideout game. It's the backspace game. Titans by 10. Wow. Go off, King. Well done. That was that was great. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, that, I should have. We're talking about therapy. That was my therapy in ten seconds, right there. I, I needed. I, I should have asked if you had anything for the road off the top of this episode. My goodness, you got me all fired up. Okay. Uh. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm oh no! I, I left one out. Marvin Harrison is a legitimate what? murderer. He killed people. <laughs> That's actually a real thing. There was an E60 on it. Do your own research. But Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison is legitimately a murderer. I'm glad you brought that up because that reminds me I have to get a car wash. Uh, all right. We're going to head out of here. <laughs> For Jack Gendry, I am Austin Huff. We love you guys. We love the Tuppers. We thank each and every single one of you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to go play some four square. We need two more to fill the holes. The, fill the holes. Oh, gosh. Fill the squares. Uh, so if you want to join us, tweet at us. We love you guys. You're the best listening fan base in the podcast game. Thank you so much for following us and all of our stupid nonsense and for all the dumb things we do. We appreciate the tuppers that get the show more than anyone. You guys are the absolute best. Uh, and I guess with all that said, until next week, tighten up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a Music City miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, they'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans.